Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. This is the sound of Topo Chico. Topo Chico is Topo Chico. Topo Chico, if you're listening, I am available for sponsorship. I'm just going to start shamelessly coming up with jingles to get sponsorship from people. My best friend and I, when we were younger, we used to do this thing where we would just be like, why don't they just, you know, have somebody eating the product and just be like, oh my God, this is really fucking good. Wouldn't you buy it? I would. Oh, I forgot to transfer over to my normal narrator voice. How's everybody doing out there? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Uh, You guessed it. It is Friday again, and uh, it's time for another episode. So something's been on my mind this week because we've got our big show coming up this weekend, Sword Fight. Tomorrow, it goes live on Zoom and kind of partially in person, I think. And I'm excited for that. Always have a little bit of those pre-show nerves, which I think are all good. And it just got me thinking about a show theme. And that show theme, I thought, would be cool to talk about how to behave in a gallery situation. How to behave at an art opening. How not to behave at an art opening. So let's get into that a little bit. Yeah, so to start it off, I've seen all types of people at art openings, uh, but I'm going to focus on the artist from the artist perspective, what you can control or or try to control at least. For me, it kind of breaks down to three different types that I see quite often. I think I've done close to 100 art openings at this point. So I've been many of these people, and I've seen many of these people, and I kind of know what to do, what to avoid, and kind of what rubs collectors or people attending art openings the wrong way. <laughs> you know what I mean? So 
the first one that I see a lot, the first kind of archetype is the wallflower. Now that's, you know, that's not hurting anybody to be a wallflower. I know a lot of artists aren't used to being out in public. <laughs> You're not used to being out in, in and amongst people. Uh, no, no but you're not really used to being in kind of a group situation talking about your art. It seems like the thing that's like the furthest from what you want to do. And I started out this way. Of course, I just wanted to create my art. I didn't want to talk to people about it. I didn't want to be in a big group situation. So um, a lot of times these wallflowers, they are just that they end up kind of slinking into a corner or up against a wall and not talking to anybody, just kind of terrified and, you know, They have that look on their face. Don't come up to me. Don't approach me. Don't talk to me. Don't ask me any questions. And that's fine. Nobody's expecting the artist to be super bombastic and out there. Although that is uh, another archetype that we probably won't talk about too much. (laughs) The person who comes in dressed with an actual peacock, a live peacock on their head, flamboyant colors where you can't not look at them. But anyway, the wallflower just kind of sits there and, and tries to not attract any attention to themselves. And that's fine. You know, let the art speak for, for itself. But uh, if somebody does try to approach you, it can be awkward and it can put people off if you don't want to talk to them or you kind of have that air about you that almost like you don't want this person around you. You don't want this collector around you because if a collector really wants to talk to you about your art, then obviously being personable is a good thing. Being able to talk about it, being able to articulate some of your ideas is a good thing that you should be able to kind of work on and and get better at because it can help sell your work and it can help sell you as an artist. So that's one archetype to kind of not avoid, but if that's you and that's probably many of you, just think about it. Think about ways to kind of get yourself out of your shell. I have a little trick that I'm going to say at the end that could help. But um, the second archetype is the drunk one of my favorites because I kind of was guilty of this in the past when I first started showing my art in public, because first of all, I love drinking. Secondly, I loved art and my art and Hey, what goes better? What goes more hand in hand than art and booze, right? Um, there's shows like developed completely around that. And most people who come to art shows, they want to get a little liquored up or at least drink some wine. I kind of subscribe to that old school, philosophy not old school philosophy but like i i was used to seeing and hearing about and reading about old school artists like the you know jackson pollocks and the de Koonings and all these people who'd come in with a flask in their back pocket and they just go into the corner or sneak into another room and take a little nip take a little pull off of the uh the flask get some liquid courage going that's great i mean i used to do that a lot but it's not real courage it's liquid courage and it's not really once you kind of get to that level of confidence, it's, you know, it's obviously not real confidence, but once you achieve that level of confidence through the booze and you start talking to people, I don't think you realize how it comes across. It doesn't really come across the same way that you think it does. Like, oh, super fun and confident and whatever. People can obviously tell that you're wasted. Uh, maybe you're slurring your words. Maybe you're falling all over people. Maybe you're Maybe you just smell like whiskey. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that can be off-putting to some people. So that's fine. Uh, I went through that stage and I know a lot of artists do that. And I think as long as you kind of keep it under control, there's no problem with drinking a a bit at a show. 
But as long as you keep it under control, maybe just loosen up a bit. But just don't cross over to the dark side. The dark side. Okay, I'll let you decide if that was good or not. So yeah, so that's Wallflower is one. The Drunk is two. And third is uh, Chatty Cathy. The Chatty Cathy. We know this person. The person who, for whatever reason, maybe it's nerves, maybe they just love to talk. They corner you about their art and they just start blabbering, blabbering on and they kind of push you into a corner and you can't get away from them. And they start telling you everything about them, about the process, about the paintings, about where they got started, uh, about their cat, their mom, uh, why they love art. And you just can't get away from this person. Well, that takes it to the other extreme, like the other extreme on the opposite end of the spectrum from the wallflower, because Nobody really likes to be cornered and forced to make you listen to them. You know, their whole, you know, 20, 30, 45 minute diatribe. You come to a show to kind of mingle and it can be off putting to a collector. So it's all about kind of striking that balance, I think, between being talkative uh, and being a wallflower or having that real courage, not the liquid courage type. So how do you develop that? How do you develop that confidence? It's not really courage. It's it's confidence. I think everybody is attracted to confidence, right? And it's no different in an art show. But it's the same thing that drives people to your work, attracts them to your work. Is there's a level of confidence that's kind of oozing out in the paint or in whatever your medium is. Like it's kind of tangible in your work. So. If you can kind of find a way to bring that into your personality in an art gallery too, then that's the best of both worlds. Um, And that means maybe mingling with people. Maybe it means just walking around, checking out everybody's work and, you know, making comments and talking to other artists. I mean, that's another level of confidence. That's also attractive. It doesn't necessarily mean like coming up to somebody like, hey, uh, I'm so-and-so. Listen to me talk about my work. I love my work. You're going to love it too. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying almost like having an air about you that you're just good. You know, you're comfortable in your own skin. You're there to show your work. You're there to support your work, support other artists, support the art world. And if people want to talk to you, great. If they don't want to talk to you, fuck them. You know, no problem. It's no skin off your teeth or no skin off your back or no teeth off your face. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I digress. No, uh, it's it's really, that's the kind of confidence that I'm talking about. It's that uh, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm supposed to be here. And yeah, so if a collector does come up and talk to you, you're going to be coming from a place of presence. Like we talked about in the last episode, finding yourself through presence, finding your confidence through presence. That's attractive. And that's what everybody wants that's what everybody's here for you know we're all supposed to be here we're all meant to be here and and you're just showcasing that side of yourself to people so why not be proud of it and confident about it i know this is easier said than done i know a lot of people this feels like speaking a foreign language that you don't know to people coming out in public and talking about your work and feeling confident being real and bridging the gap between being that wallflower, being the chatty Cathy, and having the legitimate confidence and courage and not the liquid 
kind <laughs> that we talked about with the drunk. So how do you kind of exist in the middle there? Well, I don't know the answer to that a hundred percent. Like I can't make you be the person that you're struggling to be. But one thing that I found helpful is, you know, just faking it till you make it. That's what everybody's doing. You know, nobody has their shit a hundred percent together, right? Nobody knows exactly how to exist in this kind of environment and have it be completely natural. And the people that do and the people that have kind of become that way is it's taken some work or, you know, it's just taken some time many times doing it. I know that was the case with me. My first or second time in a gallery, I was freaked out enough just to have my art there, let alone talk to people about it. I just put my art up there and, you know, snuck out with my friends and and down some drinks and, you know, came back and felt a little better, but still didn't talk to people about my work. It just got better with time. And I think you'll find the same thing with you. But in the meantime, if this is one of your first or second or, or you're just first or second times, or you're just not very good at it, think of that person that you uh, want to emulate or, you know, a hero of yours. Like, for example, for me, maybe I'd think about a David Bowie type character, you know, it's like, what would David Bowie do in this situation? What would Brian Boitano do? No, but what would David Bowie do in this situation? Would he care what anybody thought about him? Uh, no, or at least he wouldn't appear to, right? <laughs> so channel your inner Bowie or your inner, uh, fuck, uh, Lannis Morissette, or I don't know why she came to my mind, but she did <laughs> Chan- channel your inner Taylor Swift, whoever it is for you. Come on. I'm trying to relate to everybody here. Channel your inner Stevie Nicks or whoever it is. That's a little better example, but you know, fill in the blank, whoever it is for you, channel that person a little bit. Think about what they would do and just, you know, fake that for a bit, fake that until you make it. Um, and I think that can help you kind of conquer some of these fears. And also just realizing that everybody else, you know, nobody, like I said, nobody else knows what they're doing. Nobody, <laughs> nobody else cares really. I, honestly, like how often do you think people spend time actually thinking about you or caring about what you do or, or say, or, oh my God, can you believe this artist said this or didn't do this wrong? Hell no. At the end of the day, everybody's got their own problems and nobody really cares and I don't mean to say that nobody cares about you or your art, but nobody cares about what, what you're doing in the grand scheme of things. Um, really what you want them to do is come in there and like your work and maybe buy something, right? So don't worry so much about saying the wrong thing or anything. Just be there, be present, and talk about your work and channel your inner hero. Uh, I think that goes a long way. Now... The final thing I will say about this really quickly before we wrap up, these are just some things I was thinking about today. And I haven't tested this 100%, and I know a lot of people are going to push back on this one. And I think some gallery owners might not like to hear this, but I have talked to other artists about this, and I've talked to some gallery owners about this. And, you know, sometimes it's sometimes it's okay to just not show up. Now, I know this sounds horrible because you're supposed to show up, right? You're supposed to be present. You're supposed to care. And, and I do that. But there are times, like I was talking to Betsy Enzensberger about, she talked about, you know, sometimes not showing up to some of these events that, you know, certain galleries are putting on of her work internationally. Now, I know this is internationally, so it makes it a little easier to not show up. But 
she was saying that sometimes it's just better to not be there and have them do their job and and they know how to talk about you they know how to sell your work they know how to create that kind of mystique that's the other thing really is there are some people who just have kind of a preconceived notion of what an artist is or their idea of what you might be like is is more powerful i know that sounds crazy but People kind of, it's the same reason why people are kind of disappointed when they meet their hero, right? It's like, oh, they weren't at all like I thought they were going to be. It's like you kind of build up this own person. You construct this myth in your own brain, right? It's just the same reason why people, when they come to see a painting that you've done or an artwork you've created, you had a completely different conception of mind, but you hear them talk about this whole idea they formulated from looking at your work and I won't tell the person otherwise. I won't be like, no, actually, I painted this because I was feeling like shit that day. No, whatever they see in your work is valid. It's valid because it's their own experience when they're viewing it. It's the same reason why people listen to music and they kind of hear their own meaning in the lyrics. I know people who have completely constructed a whole new meaning to a song that wasn't there. But you know what? It works for them and it's powerful for them. And if they were kind of told or they learned the actual meaning, it would ruin it for them. So that's the kind of the beauty of art is it takes on its own meaning through the eyes of the other person or through the eyes of the viewer or the listener. Um, And that's what's beautiful about art. And I think to kind of further that, it also goes with the artist. So I think there are some people that do benefit from having this kind of mystery about them, this mystique, you know, it's kind of the same reason why some of the old school actors never did interviews, you know, or they didn't go on some talk shows because they didn't want to give away too much of their personal life because they didn't, it wasn't that they were afraid that, you know, they didn't have anything to offer. It was just that they understood the power of existing in people's minds. So that's another thing, you know, maybe if you're really freaked out about it, maybe you don't need to show up to every show. Maybe you can, allow that kind of mystery to paint its own you know picture or tell its own story in the eyes of the the viewer or the collector or the gallery goer now obviously i would recommend speaking to the gallery owner about this and not just not showing up <laughs> and also not inviting a bunch of friends and saying hey uh you got to come to my show and then you don't show up no that's that's fucked up but as long as you do it right or it's the right venue, um, maybe it's a big venue like the LA art show or something. And, you know, there's people running the booth and maybe it's, it would be kind of cool and mysterious if you didn't show up to that. I don't know, you know, just fill it out. But just something that I was thinking about, that's definitely another option there. And obviously it's up to you to kind of, to put together what works for you, but I would definitely recommend going to shows and, and kind of, getting your feet wet before you do something like that, allowing yourself to kind of grow as an artist, be able to learn how to talk about your work, be able to learn how to be around a group of people who are interested in your work and meeting the artist. I think that's all, that's a very powerful thing and, and it's, um, it's important to your growth. So do that before you put this other one into practice. But anyway, just wanted to share this with everybody and I'm getting ready for the show tomorrow. Hopefully, I know you're going to listen to this after this has already occurred. So hopefully you came and saw it. Maybe you were able to kind of be there on Zoom and hopefully it was a good show. Hopefully I was able to talk to uh, to the crowd well. And hey, you know, maybe I didn't show up. Maybe I took my own advice and I, I just went radio silent. Who knows? 
Only time will tell. But uh, have a great day. Have a creative day. I'm going to go off and try to enjoy the weekend and get prepared for the show. So I will see you all on the next episode. Take care, everybody. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here, and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.